Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of What is Past is Prologue. I am the past. And I'm the prologue. And we are here with our Mass Effect 2 Legendary Edition update. Uh, we did the uh, ME1 update a few weeks ago. Yeah, at least two weeks ago now. It's, it didn't take us that long to get through it. but it, This probably would have uh, come out quicker, but um, I had a, uh, a quick trip out to the Smoky Mountains with uh, the wife. So Yeah, you probably would have beaten me at Mass Effect 2 also if you hadn't been gone that long. Yeah, I was a fair ways behind you before then. So um, something that uh, I thought would be fun for us to do today... Um, one of my Discord friends, Cat Leia, uh, he um, just picked up Mass Effect for the first time when Legendary Edition came out, and he buzzed through it pretty quick. So we are kind of old hands at Mass Effect, and I thought it would be a cool idea to get a fresh perspective. So thanks for joining us, Cat. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. So. Um, Prologue, have you met Cat? Oh, you did when we D&D, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I have met you exactly once before now, but I have heard of you many times before that, so... That yes, I, and I as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, real quick, let's go over where we are now. Now, Cat, you finished the, the entire thing, right? I have finished 1, 2, and 3 in the span of 5 days and 12 hours. That's a lot of controller time right yeah. there i mean that's impressive though. yeah um i i specifically looked up yesterday because i was curious how much time i put into it yeah. how many hours five days and 12 hours oh you didn't do it in five days you put in five days and 12 hours worth of time yeah how oh, many how many actual hours. days did oh, okay. it take you to do it um about a week and a half that's still pretty fast. Yeah, that's still pretty That's fast. still a lot of We could do time. it in that time. We just don't. <laughs> yeah, well, if I didn't have yeah. work. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to, but I kind of took some time off because I have to. And um, it just happened to fall on the Legendary Edition release. And I'm just like, you know what? I've heard a lot about it. I'll pick it up. I'll try it out. Oh, boy. <laughs> try my try entire, it out. My entire it. week off was just Mass Effect. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, usually when a... Uh, bioware game drops i end up taking a week off just to play yeah well at least i did until ea got a hold of them yeah and even but then we when uh, dragon age inquisition came out we yeah, were still we did all right so um so cats through the entire thing and obviously we've played through all of mass effect many times but uh where we are with legendary edition i just finished me2 and downloaded ME3, haven't played a second of it yet. Okay, and I am you? about 10 hours into map, not quite. So I have started the first main arc of the story by now. Uh, I've gotten through a few side missions and such, but I probably have about 30 hours left to go if my current pace is any indication. All right, and to uh, refresh everybody about our uh, protagonist, um, actually, Kat, why don't you go first? Uh, so, was your shepherd male or female? I did Femme Shepherd first. Okay, that is the way to go, in our opinion, because um, the voice acting, we think, is superior. Yes, Jennifer Hale's really crushing it. Yes, she does. Um, okay, so, and what uh, class did you play? I tried and true soldier, because I felt like that was probably the best for a new player. Because I didn't know what 
all the tech was or what biotics were or the hybrids of the build. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to play it like as an RPG shooter. Okay. And then like next playthrough, I'll, I'll mess with like biotics and whatever. Yeah. So it's, um, honestly, I would say if there were a cannon, uh, I think soldier would be cannon shepherd. I've played soldiers a bunch, honestly, soldier and Vanguard are my go-tos. So, uh, cause then I can just, if I can either take him hardcore down with biotics or hardcore down with guns and that's the way to go. And, um, Okay, and your shepherd is? My shepherd is a vanguard this first time around. Also fem shepherd? Yes, also fem shepherd, as per usual, for me, usually. And mine is fem shepherd infiltrator. Yeah. Um, I was doing the sniping, yes. so which also I do in, like, Skyrim. I'm yeah. an archer. You yeah. Know, I, I like doing the distance stuff. At range. At range. And yes. I'm the exact opposite. I'm getting up in your face and hitting you with a biotic punch. And a shotgun. Yeah. Uh, I actually, actually... Uh, <laughs> I got um, assault rifle training when we went to the collector ship in two, and I used the Matoc and wasted people. Oh, man. That's almost better than a shotgun. That's an up-close sniper rifle. Yeah, basically. So, okay, so that's uh, a quick review of uh, the characters that we're playing. Um, so, Paragon or Renegade, Kat, how did you play? I, in the first game, I was heavily Paragon with, like, a hint of Renegade. And the second one, I think I got my first bar of Renegade, but was Max Paragon. Okay. So, mostly Paragon. Mostly Paragon, yes. Okay. And Prologue? I am pretty much the exact same as you, Kat. I am Paragon with the occasional Renegade action to spice things up. But my Paragon meter is always fully maxed out. So, I had almost equal Paragon and Renegade in ME1. In ME2, I had, oh, let's see, my Paragon meter was well over half, but my Renegade meter was maxed. Yeah, I was going to say, but when wow. I last time I saw you before uh, you ended your game, Paragon was close to three quarters, but your Renegade was out. So, yeah. so uh, and then, so what I, I tried to actually cheat the system this time. So I went in, and when I was able to pick my class, and one of them is 100% boost to Paragon and Renegade. Yeah, I did that too. Okay, so I did that to get it up, and then I'm like, all right, now I'm going to switch. Yep. But then it, you don't keep the bonus, no. which sucks. No. <laughs> I thought I was gaming it, but it didn't work out. I mean, you still got way higher in both than I did, so I'm, I'm not going to complain. You did something right. So and the but the but the cool thing is uh, it didn't matter after I got past the decisions that required really high Renegade or Paragon to get the bonus choices, then I didn't care what the meter said. So then I just switched and got my better weapon damage and all that. Yeah. So um, all right, let's dive right into um, some major plot decisions and honestly, a lot of the. In my opinion, anyway, I think you agree. We are, um, we believe there aren't quite as many binary plot decisions in this go around. This is much more focused on your crew. Yes, this is uh, the character heavy development game of the three. Uh, when, honestly, three has by far the most like, did you do this or this big binary decisions? And that makes sense. It's the Reaper War by then. But this is when you're really like getting your crew all buffed up and 
sending them into the future for the Reaper War to come. But there were a few important ones, and the first one is, so Kat, did you, uh, did you save or destroy the Collector base? Um, I'll say right now I destroyed the Collector base. Okay. But I had a real hard time deciding if I trusted Cerberus or not okay. when I was playing. So when you played Mass Effect 1... Uh, did you go on the Cerberus missions where they were doing all of the uh, all of the experiments and they killed the Admiral and all that? Yes, and I did all I did everything in Mass Effect One, and you know that, and then you got that thing with tombs and Akus and yep. scientists and all that stuff. And like I, I get Cerberus is a bad guy, and not people people really don't like them, but I felt like from an RP perspective, I'm like like they did shell out a lot of credits for a new Normandy and they brought you back to life and you know so I'm like I kind of owe them a little bit but I still didn't trust them so you blew it up yeah okay and prologue Uh, I also destroyed it I actually my very very first playthrough I saved it even though I was a paragon shepherd I was like, you know what? The Reaper War is coming. Even though I'm on bad terms with Cerberus now, this could maybe be useful. And then it kind of wasn't. But nonetheless, uh, I destroyed it this time around. So the two people playing Paragon destroyed the base. And the Renegade guy also destroyed the base. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, spitting in the elusive man's face is just too much fun. Well, and uh, yeah, I obviously didn't trust him with... uh, with all that technology, so he's sus. Um, okay, um, Project Overlord, which was DLC uh, for Mass Effect Two, it was nice and cleanly integrated into the Legendary Edition, um, where uh, David, say the last name Archer, Archer uh, was um, hooked into a computer, and they were trying to communicate and control Geth, and you went and. Found him and found out his brother's a dick. His brother's awful. <laughs> so, um, okay, so the the big uh, the big decision there was: Did you in Project Overlord? Did you let them keep experimenting on David or send him to Grissom Academy? Cat, I sent him to Grissom because after seeing what he looked like all hooked up and wired, I'm just like, that's just not right. Have you ever seen a clockwork orange? No. Um, that is a really worthwhile and very brutal film. Uh, and the, the eye clamps that, that were keeping David's eyes open, you get to see those in a clockwork orange too. Yeah. Uh, Eerily yeah, reminiscent. Yeah. <clears throat> pretty, pretty nasty. So, um, Okay, so you sent him to Grissom and mm-hmm. Prologue? I also sent him to Grissom. There's one decision. If there's one decision that is not available to make in-game, no matter which choice you have, it would be to shoot David Archer in his stupid fucking face. <laughs> and you are not allowed to do that no matter what path you take in Overlord, and it infuriates me because he deserves to have his neck wrung. Yeah, if you're high enough Renegade, you'll be a little cacking yeah. off. And even if you're not, I would still do it. <laughs> I don't care how many Renegade points it would net me. I want his brother fucking dead. Um, so, and the renegade guy also sent David to Grissom. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, like I said, no negotiation. That man deserves to die and his brother deserves to be saved. Um, yeah, I just, I felt bad for him. Yeah. Plus, I mean, he's a human computer. How could that not be useful in Mass Effect 3? Yeah. 
So, um, okay. So those were kind of the big decisions. Um, I don't, I mean, there were others, but not, not really quite as important. Maybe, or, yeah, maybe the, not as noteworthy at least. I don't think that we're just straight binaries like that. How about you, Kat? Were there any other decisions in ME2 that you thought were, you know, more important than some of the routine ones? No, there wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't anything that st- stood out like one did. Yeah, so like when you had to kill off either Ashley or Caden. Save the Rachni. That's exactly what I was sa- thinking you know, about. Save yeah. the Rachni Queen, save the council, that kind of stuff. Oh, but, wait yeah. till we get to three, though. We're going to have a lot to talk about then. Yeah, there's going to be a ton. So. Um, okay, so uh, the order of recruitment. Obviously, um, it's the Dirty Dozen. Uh, so for those of you out there listening to a Mass Effect 2 broadcast that don't know about Mass Effect 2, this was when your protagonist went around and collected 12 companions, all supposedly kind of the best at what they do, and then he recruited them for this suicide mission to stop the uh, collectors from taking human colonists for nefarious purposes. So um, I call it the Dirty Dozen. You go collect these 12 people, and then uh, if you're smart, you go do their loyalty missions, which makes them super loyal to your character, and then you go on the... Suicide mission. Um, the first two that you get are Miranda and Jacob. Obviously, they are um, Cerberus agents. And um, and then after that, you can, for the most part, recruit in just about any order that you want to. So um, so after Miranda and Jacob, Kat, who were your first? Uh, who was your first one or two um, companions that you went out to grab? So this was mentioned earlier about the DLC missions for mm-hmm. Project Overlord. Since it's my first time playing, I had no idea what was DLC or what was not. And so the first two people I got was Kasumi and Zaid. Okay. Which are DLC characters. So uh, so to get that's that's an odd mix to get first because you had to get Zaid on Omega and Kasumi on the Citadel. Okay, so um, then did you do their loyalty missions first also, or did you collect everyone then start doing loyalty missions or kind of... I I accidentally did Kasumi's loyalty mission unbeknownst to me because I thought she was really cool and I didn't have anyone at the time, so I'm like, I really like Kasumi, so I'm just going to, you know, do hers. Um, so I did her loyalty mission... Um, accidentally and then i went and grabbed garris because i wanted a familiar face at that point yep and for a while it was just garris and kasumi and then um i really really wanted liara because liara was my main squeeze in one but sure she wasn't a companion in two so i had i was really really upset about that and then after a while i did some other side stuff and i'm like i'm missing someone from my party and i'm tired of doing stuff without them. So then I went and got Tolly. Okay, sure. And then just kind of cleaned up the rest of the, everyone else, like Samara and Grunt. And So who yeah, was your last? Kinda... Was Legion your last? Yes, Legion was my yeah. last. If we don't count Legion because he's kind of stereotypically the last, who was yeah. your last? Okay, who was, the, who was the last one before Legion then? I think it was Jack. Okay. 
How about you? Uh, I I'm pretty I'm pretty basic. I usually just go to Omega first. Usually, I actually get Garrus before Morden if we're not counting like Zaid and Kasumi, because um, Zaid's right there. Like you can just be like talk to him and then he shows up. But I went to get Morden before I went and got Garrus this time, so I got Morden first. Okay, and who'd you get last besides Legion? I actually had a hard time remembering. I was like, did I get Samara last or did I get Tally last? And I think it was technically Samara. But the reason I was confused is because I did Samara's loyalty mission before Tally's. But I'm pretty sure I got Samara last before Legion. Okay. So um, I got the same two or three that uh, you got. So obviously you walk on to Omega, there's Zaid, and he's on the team. Um, but instead of going after Garrus first, I went after Morden first yep. because, um, aliens can't go into the plague yep. zone anyway. Oh, they can. And then you got to get him cured though. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, ah, I'll get, I'll get, yeah. uh, Garrus. That, that was my, I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be mean to Garrus this time. I'm just going to go get Morden first. It's fine. So yeah, I went to, and I grabbed Morden and then I went and grabbed, um, Garrus after that. And then, um, I also like the name Archangel. Yeah. That's good. Uh, my last uh, person recruited before Legion was Tally. Yeah. I, I, that's why I couldn't. I, I always get Samara or Tally last because I always do Thanes first on Ilium. I don't know why, but I just do. And uh, so it's always Samara or Tally that's last. And uh, no, for no particular, uh, although if this had been Mass Effect 1, I would have gotten gotten gone to get her first yes <laughs> so, because she is the opener of things and we're not engineers right so um all right so that was our um kind of basic order of recruitment um which recruitment mission did you like the best cat um i gotta say it's probably tolly's okay because it was it, to me. It felt like such high stakes, and I really didn't want to mess it up because I really liked Holly, and so just everything about her mission was just like, oh my god! Like when I went into that ship to like you know collect data, I spent so much time looking at all the corners to try and get all the information I could because I'm like, I, a lot's writing on this, and it was it was stressful, but it was also awesome at the same time. Okay, and um, what about you? Best recruitment mission? I wrote down, Tally is also one of mine because, um, first off, Kyle Rieger's a great supporting character. I love him. Yep, love Kyle. Um, plus, you get to beat up a bunch of guests, and that's always fun. You're in guest space. But aside from Tally's, uh, I really love Garrus's because, first off, his reveal is great, and it's the first time I think you really deal with, like, the mercenary groups who you face in the rest of the game and they're introduced really well, especially if you go around before you go find Archangel and you like learn about them and stuff. It's a very immersive experience to kind of get you involved in this new world of the Terminus systems. And I like that. And then I also threw Thane in there because I just really love listening to Nasana yell at her mercs and then he snaps her neck. <laughs> he shoots her. Oh, they're right. No, he yeah. snaps her, her dude's neck. Snaps the bodyguards. And neck. you just hear her occasionally like they'll be over the intercom and then they'll just drop dead. <laughs> they're like well he was around so, here somewhere so you've you've given me four which was your favorite uh garris i guess <laughs> i guess yeah, but guess. tally's really up there too 
Um, okay, so I liked Tally's recruitment mission because um, of the things that Kat talked about. It's It seemed intense. I loved Garrus's, first of all, because I'm getting back together with Garrus, yeah. but it was also cool that he had all these mercenary groups after him. And even before I knew it was Garrus, I was like, this is investing. I enjoy this. But I have to say that they, they also kind of get... Uh, I guess an elevated spot because they were companions in yeah. the first game. That's why I threw Thane in there. <laughs> so uh, if if I were just going purely off of hey, this is kind of co- a cool way to pick up a companion. I like Jax. Jax is fun. Um, you're you go into a prison and it essentially becomes a prison break. Yeah. And so I enjoyed that quite a bit. So if I had to pick a a a favorite. It would probably be that, and let, I mean, not that the other those other two missions weren't great, but uh, yeah. how about your least favorite cat? Uh, loyal or not loyalty, but uh, recruitment mission. Um, jeez, and, I... and you can't count Zaid <laughs> because <laughs> his recruitment mission is literally you show up and say hey, and he's on the ship. <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking loyalty missions. Not no, recruitment. no recruitment mission where you where you come and pick them up. Which was your least favorite one? Oh, well, you know, this is this is a really bad. So Miranda and, and Jacob don't really have one. Zaid right. really doesn't either. Kasumi, you literally show up at the Citadel and talk to the intercom for a while. Um, I would say grunt. Grunts, okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, it wasn't anything spectacular or grandiose or whatever. I mean, it was just kind of like a snatch and grab and that was really it. That's fair. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Um, I think mine's was, and I'm also doing this in comparison because I think her loyalty mission is one of the best. Um, in comparison, I think Samara's was kind of is it was it was almost like just a retread of Garrus's. You beat up a bunch of mercs, so she'll come with you. Yeah, uh, and again, especially because I enjoyed her loyalty mission so much, and she's one. I think she's one of the more interesting characters in the long run. So I'll say Samara's was my technically my least favorite, even though there are ones I probably technically enjoy playing through less. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I there are ones that really stand out. And then ones that are basically non-existent, and the others kind of all level out for me. I could see grunts or Samaras. Yeah. Um, so uh, make me pick. Uh, I'm going to say grunts probably, um, because at least when uh, I met Samara, there was some investigating to do about the red sand dealing and all that kind of thing, and grunts was literally. Go in here, hey, we don't want to give that Krogan up. And yeah. The secondary characters in Samara's were way better. I really liked Detective yeah. Anaya. I'm sad she didn't come back in 3. Okay, so um, that was our um, recruitment favorites. So, um, favorite companion. Tell me who it was and why, Kat. Um, it's Liara, even though she's not a companion in 2. Oh, that's a oh, you can't do that one. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, then secondly, I would have to say Tolly. Okay. So why? Mainly because in Emmy one, I needed Tolly for everything. Yes. So I've always brought her along, and Liara was just 
interesting to me. I always had a hard time choosing between Garrus or Liara if I wanted to bring them as my second. But it always boiled down to um, Liara had like an ability that makes people go floating up in the air. (laughs) And that to me was hilarious and funny. And that's why I always brought her. So my my squad was always Tali and Liara. So... See, and I think Prologue, don't you go biotic heavy too? I do very biotic heavy because um, as a vanguard, it's like, yeah, occasionally I do have the biotic abilities that allow you to lift people and just let them hang there. But uh, especially, actually, I use her a lot in three as well. I bring Liara a lot because her singularity kicks some serious ass, and especially with like Cerberus troopers because they all only have very, they usually have very low health and they can just float there while I take care of everyone else. Yep. Um, so, uh, who was your favorite companion then? Uh, I brought Garrus with, especially before I got Thane and Legion, I took Garrus with me almost everywhere just because he had a sniper rifle and I was an up-close person. As, like, when we went on Tally's loyalty mission, for example, all those drones that you have up in the sky. Yep. That, like, I mean, I could hit them. I had the Mad Talk by then and everything, but they were harder for me to hit, and he would just snipe them out of the air. And he did that with for, for a lot of it. But I took Kasumi a lot also. Yeah. Because uh, uh, her shadow strike is a seriously underrated power that we need to talk about more. But uh, so I, if I had to pick a team that was just kind of like, like if I had to pick my two generic go tos, even if I threw other people on the mission, I would take Garrus or Kasumi usually. Okay. Um, my favorite companion was by far and away Garrus. Yeah, I, I took Garrus. Everywhere until the collector base, uh, because uh-huh. at that point I yeah. needed Garrus to, to run one of the, the squads. You need to run the squad. So um, yeah, so uh, that was that. W- I I literally took Garrus on almost every mission, yeah. and um, he's got some great dialogue with your other. Like that's another reason I like him a lot in twos because if you take him places, he's always got good stuff to say. I don't remember who does his voice, but he does a really good job. Yeah. So um, yeah, Garrus. So Garrus was a, uh, I didn't think that he was as interesting in Mass Effect 1, but he was still a good companion. In Mass Effect 2, though, he really became much more interesting and... and much more nuanced also. Yeah. And then in 3, he's really kind of settled into his own. And I then, he's, then he's just a bro. Yeah, bro. bro, bro. So, um, okay, how about least favorite companion? Cat? Hmm... Jack. Jack, okay. So you 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 liked Liara for the biotics, but not Jack so much. Yes, and I realize Jack is a pure biotic. Uh, well, but um, Jack has kind of different biotic abilities. So the shockwave rather than like the warp. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. more vanguard than adept. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's understandable. How about you? Least favorite companion? Um... I don't use Jack hardly ever when I play Vanguard just because I am one and I have Shockwave and I have all those powers. But um, I don't really want to shit on Jacob again. I shit on him a bunch already, but I don't ever bring him. But I'll, So I'll say Zaid because he's, ju- he's just another... He's- okay, yeah, but Zaid and Kasumi could go on that entire list because they are not as nuanced as the other characters because I mean, they just, don't have like, yeah. you know, different dialogue. You just go and chat with them. And yeah. no, it's not, no, I, I even mean like just for like combat scenarios. Okay. I don't ever take Zaid anywhere. Just it's like, I take Garrus. Garrus has the same weapons. He's got better abilities. I mean, True. but and uh, better dialogue. Yeah. 
So I'll sh- if I can't pick Zaid, I'll shit on Jacob. Sorry, Jacob. Okay. You're just too boring. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, so if you let me pick, I would pick uh, Zaid all day long as the least favorite. But um, I will also say uh, Jacob and uh, almost as infrequently taken uh, Miranda. Yeah. I actually, um, I found myself taking Miranda a bit more in this game because her abilities, first off, are just way better than Jacob's. Uh, overload and warp, if you take her early on especially, she, her abilities are very helpful before you get the rest of your team built up. I didn't take her, like, as soon as I got past Horizon, I basically stopped taking her, but before then, I took her quite a bit. So she's just much more useful than Jacob is, and she's a far more interesting character. All right, and the next thing that we were going to talk about was our favorite recruitment mission, but we already said that. So how about our favorite loyalty mission then? What was yours, Kat? Again, I, I got to echo it's Tollies. Okay. That was, the, that was a great one, by the way, I think. Yeah, anyway, yeah, so. yeah. treason's good. Um, so, so what about it did you think just stood out? Mainly because I... I like Tali so much, and then all of a sudden it's just like, hey, her ass is on the chopping block, and no one's going to support her, and no one really believes her, and you're like her last line of defense, so you, and she's like, you're part of your teammates as well, and it's like, you, you want to help her, and I wanted to help her so much, that's why I spent so much time on the ship looking for clues and anything else that could help her in the end, and it was just it felt like the stakes were super high, even though in reality they probably weren't. Okay. How about you, your favorite loyalty mission? Uh, I also threw Tally on there, but for sake of variety, I'm going to say Samara is my favorite when you have to help her kill her daughter. Yeah. Um, because yeah. You real, you're like, and she's like, this is the reason I became a Justicar, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> so, and again, I think Samara ends up being one of the most interesting characters in the Dirty Dozen if you take the time out of your day to talk to her. And if you've gone through that effort to talk to her and then you go on her loyalty mission and everything, she's she's a lot of fun. I take I know I said I take Garrus and Kasumi a lot, but when I get Samara, I take her a bunch too because I just really enjoy her. Uh, shout out to Kasumi's also, but Samara's is probably my favorite. Um. So... I enjoyed helping Garrus kill off the last member of his group. Um, but I will say that probably my favorite loyalty mission. Oh man, this is hard to pick. Um, it's probably Tally's. Yeah. If I had to pick. Tally's is just so good. Tally, both of Tally's missions are just yeah, they are. unfairly good in this game. Um, so, and kind of the same reasons, you know, she's uh, being put on trial basically for doing what she was told to do and being really careful about it. And, but, uh, and as renegade as my character played there, there was at no point when I spoke with Tally, was there ever a renegade response? No. Well, except during her trial. Yeah. But but that wasn't aimed at Tally. That was aimed at the admirals. (laughs) Fuck the admirals, man. So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, you, you know, when Tally needs a hug, you got to give her a hug. Yeah. It's like, you don't ever not hug Tally. Yeah. Um, I want to put an honorable mention for Grunt's loyalty mission because that Thresher Maw at the end was a kind of a big surprise. Okay, so that was actually a really good boss battle. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, I thought that – so the loyalty mission essentially was you show up to Tuchanka and then you go and fight some 
monsters. So that was, but you're right. I think it was probably the best boss battle. Yeah, I was glad they brought Thrasher Mobs back. I didn't know if they were gonna, because in the first game, they they started chasing you. They yeah. started chasing you in the Legendary Edition. They oh, didn't yeah. do that so before. That was Yeah, that was new. So, uh, Kat, you don't know any better, but used to the Thrasher Maw kind of, it would poke up one place and you would shoot it, and then it would duck down, and you would move. Usually a good idea was to move to where you saw it poked up last, because mm-hmm. you, then you knew it wasn't going to poke up there again. And then it would poke up somewhere else. And in the legendary edition, the freaking things started chasing you. <laughs> that was bad. So uh, that was a big change in Mass Effect 1. But um, Okay, so that was our favorite loyalty missions. Um, all right, so Kat, did you prefer ME1 or ME2 as a, as a whole game? Well, that's a question and a half. Um, I think... I liked ME2 better than 1 purely for that they built upon the characters and the world even further. And like 1 was like a setup and then 2 was like here's the meat after everything we've done with 1. So 2 had a lot more going for it. Sure. How about you? I mean, we yeah. ME2 is our favorite. It's our That's, favorite. Yeah. Um, so. we, what's so funny is that in our original Mass Effect episode, however, we agreed that 3 it has the better story than two does, but, and I think we said one had even the better something else also, but as a whole game, I think two is the most polished. I do too. Uh, And since again, it's so character heavy, it really gets you to care about the people you're involved with. And it expands on what was there really well, like Kat said. So So the, um, you couldn't hardly ask for a better, uh, table setter than the first Mass Effect game. No, not here's really. <laughs> the universe. Here's what biotics are. Here's what you know the the overall gameplay and everything. Did a great great job. Got you invested in some characters. Put you to some tough decisions, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But then, what I think Mass Effect Two did so well was it didn't go back and reinvent the wheel. It took from Mass Effect and made a sequel. Yeah, as I say, it didn't need to throw a bunch of stuff that felt like it couldn't be there. It's like, oh no, this is literally the part of the universe that the council was like, don't go to, and then you went there because if you were back in council space, they would, you know, be able to kill you for working with Cerberus. Right. So, um, but the that so many times games feel like they have to. Uh, take new players by the hand and say, here, this is the world and the universe and everything. And we've already done this in the first game. Mass Effect 3 did that terribly bad. Yeah, at the very beginning. At the very beginning, it was... And they were pandering to new players. Yes, I'm like, why? I mean, you do not start Mass Effect with Mass Effect 3. Who does that? Yeah. So Incorrect. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're out of here. So, but the... Um, but. So obviously they did it with the first Mass Effect because it was the first game in the franchise. I get it. But the second game, it didn't do that. You hopped in. And then you, you died. And, yeah. And, and your and yeah. the other thing was your your training for combat was necessary because there were it was now a cover shooter that you got into cover differently. So the little bit of training that you got while you were just waking up on the space station from your surgeries and everything, that was necessary. Yeah. It wasn't like reinventing the wheel. So, um, 
yeah, that's I loved it, and so definitely ME two was my favorite. Yeah, and the opening to Mass Effect two still really hits me hard every time. Yeah, it, it just yeah. It, like I'm I'm expecting it every time, and I'm still just like, wow, I just died. And yeah, and talk lost about the person ship. who saw it for the first time. Yeah, so did that <laughs> freak you out? Invested. Yeah, I was getting invested with all these characters, and since I romanced Liara and uh, ME one, she was the one who showed up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, as there, and it's just like, all right, I'm starting to like the ship. I like the crew, and then it's just like you rip everything away from me, and I love, and I die. Oh, and yeah. then it's just, it was, it's something I really enjoyed about Mass Effect Two is that they didn't like hold their punches. They're like, all right, this is the game. Just because you're the main character doesn't mean you're immortal. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna bring you back to life, and it's gonna cost like five billion credits. Yeah. With a B. Yeah, with a B. <laughs> Not an M, a B. <laughs> um, okay, so at that point, let's jump down and ask the question, did you prefer the SR1 or the SR2, Normandy? Cat? I, I like the SR2. Um, I like ME threes uh sr2 over me2s honestly okay but i like i like that the it was more it was more um oh geez what what's the word i'm trying to think of it's more fluid like the elevator and the one kind of felt kind of wonky that you had to walk around go down the stairs and go down an elevator to get to the cargo hold and everything it just felt like everything was kind of disconnected the sr2 is a little bit more flush and fluid and you know you got the armory over there and then you got the science lab over there and not to mention you got your own crew cabin too which i thought was a very welcome addition which you had in the first mass effect game also but it wasn't nearly as posh yeah 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 so um okay so he added the sr2 from mass effect 3 also so of the three iterations of the normandy which was your favorite then I think I'm going to have to agree. I think I prefer 3's version of the Normandy because it's one of those things where it's like you get used to seeing the SR2 a certain way in Mm -hmm. Mass Effect 2 and you're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. And then the Alliance redoes it. You're like, oh, this makes so much more sense. The armory should be right by your shuttles. The elevator is pretty samey and everything, but... Uh, the War Room was a welcome addition. I enjoyed that. The only thing I really miss from the original Normandy that I wish, SR2 that I wish had stayed, was uh, Morton's Tech Lab. I didn't like that it was just the meeting area. If they kept that next to the War Room, yeah. I would have liked to keep that. But other than that, I think just the way they designed it to be a full-on warship for the Reaper War was very welcome and they like even in like the port and starboard um observation decks there was a bit more personality to the rooms because the people who usually inhabited them weren't there so Mm -hmm. they really spiced it up a little bit for us so that was nice okay so i have two answers to this question and neither one of them agree with yours um so as far as interior design i liked the sr2 from mass effect 2 the best. And the reason is because I felt like once the Alliance stuff got put in, even though they did change stuff, like you said, the armory went to someplace that it made more sense. 
it it seemed more clunky to me. Like when you went into um, what used to be Morden's lab, you had to go through like a scan. I do hate and, that. You know, that's dumb. I'm just like, yeah. please. That, that's- that, and that's why Morden's tech lab again is like, if that was there, you would not know. And there go were away. and there were like hoses and wires laying all over the place. I'm like, this is not. Clean, oh yeah, that's like right. A, I'm, I'm like, eh, I, I don't care for that at all. I didn't mind that though because it showed. I I if it had been more farther they've had more time to work on it but you'd only been imprisoned for what six months waiting to be court-martialed for screwing up the batarians lives <laughs> and um they didn't have time to finish it before the reaper war so i thought that was actually very accurate it's like they just they just didn't have time to finish it and I'm it like, is but i, I, I don't I just know didn't i liked like the realism that added to it now if you if you made me pick one of the normandy's to run around in i would have taken the sr1 and the reason is because it could do planet fall yeah, it could do planet fall and uh oh, it was a okay smaller more discreet ship yes it was like a little frigate and it could and you, you could actually land it on a planet instead of having to take a shuttle or and yeah so i think as far as uh Usefulness, diversity, and one that I would want to run around in, I would take the SR-1. If I had to pick one for myself, like if I was actually a space captain in real life, I would take the SR-1 over any of the twos. Okay, so that is which uh, Normandy we preferred. All right, so speaking of the taking a shuttle and that sort of thing, um, the Mako or the Hammerhead, which was your favorite vehicle cat? Um, I'm going to have to say the Mako. Okay. I enjoyed the maneuverability of the hammerhead. Yep. But it was far too squishy for any actual real combat. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, how about you? Uh, if you'd asked me five years ago, I would have said I enjoyed the hammerhead more because I think as far as a ground vehicle goes, there's more versatility with it. I think if I had my own ship, that's what I would prefer to have. But even though I had some glitchy problems with it in the first game, I have come to appreciate the Mako more than the Hammerhead. I don't know if it's because of nostalgia, if it's because blowing people up with the cannon is just a lot of fun. Huh. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, every now and then I just, I'm like, you know what? I've got a real nostalgia for the Mako happening right now. So if I had to pick one to have for myself, I'd pick the Hammerhead. But I think I have grown to appreciate the Mako more. Uh, I'm a diehard Mako fan. I've... I even liked it before we found the cannon button. So <laughs> we're just like, this is so dumb. This thing's got a big cannon, and all we have is a Gatling gun. Um, so uh, I will say that I think that they did it a service in the remaster for the Legendary Edition when they put thrusters on it. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it could go faster then. That'd be nice. So, uh, but in so Mass Effect Two, really, most of the time you either took like the shuttle or the hammerhead, yeah. and. Um, so the hammerhead was fun to drive around. It was fun in Overlord, especially. That was fun going around AI. Yeah, it was. But the um, but yeah, I I agree with Cat. Way too squishy, and um, yeah, I would I would take the Mako any day. Um, okay, so uh, next one is who did you romance, uh, and was it the same as ME One? So Cat, you said you romanced Liara in ME One. Yeah, in ME1, I romanced Liara, and in ME2, I had my little fling with her, but I actually didn't romance anyone in ME2. 
Okay. Didn't even flirt with anybody? Nope. Oh. Because as a femship, it was my options were um, Thane, Garrus, and... Technically Jacob, I think. Jacob, yes. Thane, Garrus. So you you played female shepherd, so... Yeah. Thane, and, Garrus. Uh, yeah, so Jacob and Kelly. Oh, yeah, I guess. Technically, oh, right. Technically, yeah. you could also do Kelly. Yeah, so... I I didn't really like. I mean, I did. I w- was very tempted to romance Garrus, but I didn't want to cheat on Liara. That's fair. So, we love Liara. So I I just was like, you know what, Garrus, this is fine. I appreciate you. You know, you, you can do your sparring and your um, blowing off steam with someone else. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm staying faithful to my girl Liara. So uh, all right. And uh, you did Jacob game one, right? No, 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 no. Or not, ja- I mean, uh, no, Caden. I will, uh, first off, I will never romance Jacob. Sorry, Jacob. Um, <laughs> so I did things. And tell us why. Yeah, so I did things a little differently. Um, my very first playthrough of Mass Effect ever, I did romance Caden and I stayed with him till the third game. He's a very good romance option, but I much prefer romancing Garrus, which is what I did this time around. So what I did, usually I don't. I don't even flirt with anyone else once I know who I'm going to romance for that game. I'm like, I'll talk to you enough before we get to the flirting and it'll be fine. But I led Caden along for just long enough in Mass Effect 1 that he was like, I'm totally in love with you. And then he came to Ilos before the, or sorry, he came to my room before Ilos and he was like, you want to bang? And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went and romanced Garrison too. And we had a great time. And when Caden asked me, I just started Mass Effect 3, when Caden asked me if I romance Garrus in the hospital, I'm like, let me explain. Like, I was sad about it when I was not. (laughs) I'm so sorry, uh, but I'm not sorry. Garrus is better. Sorry, not sorry. Um, So, but when Garrus came to your cabin in Amy 2 and said, do you want to bang? Yes, we totally banged. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I was like, let's do it, Garrus. And and then did you actually go and talk to Morden and he suggested all the different creams and ointments and stuff? Yeah, that's funny. Um, Okay, so this playthrough, I also romanced Liara in uh, Mass Effect 1. Anytime, almost every time that I play um, Femme Shepard, I romance Liara. And... I also, uh, Lara the Shadow Broker, uh, you know, she came back to the ship and we had our fun then. But, um, yeah, she wasn't a companion, so um, it wasn't as much fun without her on board the ship. Mm-hmm. But um, I also went and chatted up Garrus an awful lot. Yeah. And um, at one point when he was talking about the the uh, reach and flexibility, I'm like, hey, you hey. know. And he's like, oh, uh you know what? Uh, I'd never really thought about that, but uh, there's nobody I respect more. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's so, bang. <laughs> so, so, but at the same time, I was also in Kelly's ear all uh, the time. Nice, 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 nice. And so then, but I didn't want the my picture of Liara in the cab to get laid down. Yeah. Which would happen if Garrus came up to, uh, to the cabin in, in, in ME2. So I'm like, I went back to the, uh, the forward you know, gun bay and i'm like so garris what's up and he's like well uh haven't forgot about this you still want to do it i'm like nah i'm out <laughs> <laughs> lies 
<laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but yeah, Kelly came up qu- several times and, uh, that doesn't cause your, uh, relationship with Liara to be altered at all. Nice. So, um, that, uh, so now when I roll into three, I'll still have that going. Um, okay. Huge question here. The fish that everybody bought for their fish tank. How many times did they die? They stopped buying fish after I realized <laughs> they could die. <laughs> so you ended up with no fish? I had zero fish because I'm like, ooh, fish tank. And then I saw you could buy them. And I'm like, ooh, yay, fishies. And I buy them. And I I wondered if I could feed them. But I'm just like, you know what? I don't think you can feed them. I think they're just purely decoration. And then I came back to my cabin and it was empty. I'm like, didn't I buy fish? And, and then, I, the then I saw the button on the wall that said feed fish, and I went, oh. <laughs> well, if you saw if you saw dead fish, you saw clean out tank. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so how about you? Um, I I was I was dedicated to my fucking fish. I had three <laughs> kinds of fish, and I was like, I don't want to go back to Ilium to buy this one species of fish after I'm done with Ilium. So it did not matter if it was... I don't even remember if you have to do them after, like, assignments, but after every mission, like, loyalty mission, recruitment mission, big mission, whatever, you have to feed your fish or they die. Or Kel- if you ask Kelly, she'll be like, hey, you want me to feed your fish? And I kept trying to talk to her, like, subtly hint, like, feed my fish. <laughs> but she didn't. She didn't take the hint. I so. think you have to romance Kelly. Yeah, but no. Yeah. <laughs> to, to get her to feed your fish. Dumb. It's like, you're my yeoman. Quote, unquote, feed your fish. Feed my fish. <laughs> <laughs> so I went up after every mission, every assignment, every, like, even if I was on a planet for less than five minutes doing a thing. I went back and I fed my fish, and my fish fucking lived. Oh, they right. were alive. And then they got rid of them in Mass Effect 3. I went oh, up I to my cabin, and my fish were gone. My Prothean relic was gone. My ships were gone. My hamster was gone. I, I was, was really pissed. Well, you found your hamster I did find around hamster, down where Jack used to hide. Gone. But uh, what what ticked me off was my Prothean relic. I wanted where, my relic back, uh, goddammit. I'd touch it, and it'd... Yeah. And so, yeah. Although... I should have left it alone because if it grew up to normal size, it would have split my ship in half. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, did my fish die? Hell yes, my fish died. So I, I was romancing Kelly, but before I really got there and, and got the offer for her to feed my fish, I had two tanks worth of fish die on me. But then finally, I, I bought another set of fish and she's like hey you want me to feed your fish for him like yes then i went back around and got all the fish again so they ended up surviving but yeah i lost two tanks uh the first thing i did when i had the chance i went to the <laughs> citadel in three and i bought that aquarium vi for twenty five thousand credits so my, i would not <laughs> yep. have to feed my fish <laughs> yep. uh, that was an expensive first purchase yeah <laughs> uh, i was so. like give me that fish so no, they lived, but it was it was a struggle to remember. I almost forgot after a loyalty mission once, and I'm like, I went to the galaxy map. I was ready to go to the next planet, and then I'm like, my fish, <laughs> and I remembered. <laughs> so um, companions that lived, Cat, tell me how many of your companions lived. So this one, I don't feel too great about, but as a first time playthrough, it makes sense. So I knew the suicide mission was bad and a lot of people could die and whatever. So I did it 
I did the suicide mission twice. The first time I, I went completely blind. I didn't look up anything. I didn't try and like scum save and river if someone died. Um, I went in completely blind, and I had everyone live except Morden. Morden died my first time through. Oh, can I guess how? Can I guess how? I bet I know how. Did you send him into the shaft to get you through the first part of the thing because you thought he would be able to hack the door fast enough? No. Damn it. I sent Kasumi. Oh, okay. Well, that was a good choice, but <laughs> that's yeah. how I thought he would have died. How he died was that last defense right before the final boss fight. Oh. Okay. That last defense... Um, I looked it up. He has like a 60 defense along with Jack, Tolly, and Kasumi. And if you don't leave enough defenders, which is Garrus, Grunt, and Zaid, they can die. Yeah. And yep. what happened was is I sent Zaid back with the crew people because I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. My crew's here. I'm going to send someone strong <clears throat> to bring him back to the ship. So I sent Zaid away. And in the final boss fight, I took Grunt with me. So my only defender was Garrus on that final holdout point. And, and so Morden cacked. Yeah. And Morden died. Yep. Okay. So uh, so that's fair. Um, um, I will say, uh, well, I know that neither of us had companions die because we'd done the loyalty missions and we knew where to put them. Right? But yeah. um, So... Try to remember your first playthrough of Mass Effect 2. That's why I thought I knew uh, how Morden died for you, because that was how he died for me. I sent him into the, my very first playthrough. Um, I ended up playing the Shepherd quite a few times through 2 before 3 came out, so I picked the best version of that Shepherd and sent, it, sent her to 3. But my very first playthrough, I lost Morden, Legion, and Miranda. I lost Morden because I sent him well, through the shaft instead of Tally or Kasumi or Legion. Uh, and then he got blown up by a collector and then died. Uh, I lost Legion because I I did not get Jack's loyalty properly, I don't believe. Hello? <laughs> we have a phone ringing. Hang oh, boy. Oh, it's just going to have to ring. Yeah, I was going to say, gonna say we're, we're, we're just going to have to be sad. That's all right. Uh, so I I don't remember if it was Jack's loyalty I didn't end up getting or what, but who, whatever my biotic specialist was, I had Legion with me, and Legion got caught by the Seeker Swarms, and they killed him. Mm. And then Miranda had the same thing happen that you had with Morden Cat. I didn't leave enough defenders with the group, uh, and yeah. she ended up dying. So, so those three were the ones that were gone. I So I played this game first run, didn't look on the internet for cheats or anything. My first playthrough, everyone survived. However, I did not have Zaid or Kasumi because those DLCs hadn't been released yet. Yes. So yeah. um, I, um, and so the way I did it was, uh, is basically the way I did, do it now. Uh, I sent Tally through the tube and I sent um, Garrus to always be the captain oh, yeah. of the I, second team. I don't ever say anyone else for that. And then when I went um, and I had to leave defenders behind. Oh, oh and when I would um, uh, send someone back with the, uh, with the crew, I always sent Jacob with. Them. So I, I didn't send, mm -hmm. I, I might've sent Jacob the first go around, but I think I sent Morden. 
And, but now that I have Kasumi, I always send Kasumi. And, um, but then I would always take Tally and, uh, like this playthrough, I, I took Morden with me. So I left the, the heavies there. But, uh, yeah, even my first playthrough, I had everyone survive. Um, I didn't realize for the longest time, though, that the, uh, the loyalty missions dictated survival. So, um, when, uh, I did have, who ended up dying in engineering because I didn't do the shields. I can't remember. One of my playthroughs, I didn't have my shields upgraded. And, and I think it was because I got tally so late. Yeah. And, um, so. By the way, I lied. It wasn't Miranda that died. It was, uh, in my first playthrough, it was Jack because Jack survived even after Legion died. But then I left her with the group and she was the one who ended up getting murked. It wasn't Miranda. I did lose Miranda in a playthrough, but it wasn't my first playthrough. So, um, and the, uh, and the two that I always took with me, um, in the collector base, even though I always had Garrus with me in the regular game or for the most part in the regular game, um, I, I always took Legion because he had a widow sniper rifle and grunt because he had the Claymore shotgun. So I had range and up close, and then I had my widow also. So we had two sniper rifles going to work and an up-close threat if things got dicey. So I took Kasumi and Morden with me throughout this entire collector mission because Morden's incinerate gets rid of armor pretty good, and Kasumi's Shadow Strike will kill anything but Harbinger pretty much in one go. So, um, and then I also took Jack as my biotic. Did I always take, take Samara. Samara. Uh, who'd you take, Kat? I relied heavily on Samara throughout everything. Okay. So, so Samara was my biotic, even, um, like even from the beginning, I like Samara, I felt was a good all rounder. So I took her with me and then I took Tolly because it's Tolly. Um, and I had a, I had a pretty decent wombo combo with them too, but yeah, I, I used Samara quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. So here's a weird question. Who did you end up taking as companions on the firewalker missions? Not that it mattered much. Um, remind me again what the Firewalker is. That's when you got out in the Hammerhead and did all of the, uh, there were like, I don't know, five missions yeah, that you went out and did. Data collecty type missions. Yeah. You ended up getting the Prothean Relic in that giant temple. Do you remember who you... I don't think so, no. I think at that point I was just bringing like two random people just to level them up. Yeah, that's, so what, that's what I use that's, for. That's fair um, that, you could, that you do that because I've done that several times, but I always... I always found myself when I didn't need to level people up, I'd take Morden and Tally because they were like the, the smart people. They were the, no. <laughs> they were the scientists that might actually appreciate this stuff. And I kept thinking at some point, oh, there'll be dialogue or something, but there really wasn't much. So, um, okay. So, um, since you had everyone survive the suicide mission, I'm assuming you got all the ship upgrades. Yeah. And I know you did, yeah. All but the med bay. I don't ever spend money on it because I'm Paragon, so I don't need to spend fifty thousand platinum on a thing I don't use. Oh, I got it because I my face would have been a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for everybody out there that doesn't know, if you uh, after your surgeries, if you play Paragon, your scars end up healing up and everything looks normal. But if you play Renegade, the scars get worse and your eyes like glow red like the Terminator and all that kind of thing. So. Um, but there is a upgrade that you can get to your med bay that uh, allows you to 
um, heal up the scars and then you look normal. But I never need it hardly ever. So, so, um, yeah. So anyway, there's that, uh, retraining powers. So, uh, the, uh, the last uh, episode, you were lamenting the fact that we didn't get to start with a bonus power. Yes. Uh, and cause you always do the biotic barrier and I always did the geth shields. Yeah. We like having our extra cause we play classes that do not come with shields. Naturally Vanguard does not come with, aside from the first game, the first game that you can get a barrier for your Vanguard, but two and three, you do not automatically come with one and you play infiltrator. So it's not, right. you don't really get a shield boost either. So I was lamenting that I didn't start out with a barrier, especially when I was like, Oh, this is a good way for me to die pretty early on, but what I'd forgotten was that you could go to Morden's Tech Lab, and after you did your squad members' loyalty missions, whatever power they got as their loyalty, you could now spend a certain amount of Element Zero and get that bonus power for yourself. You could only have one of them at a time. Yes, but you could switch between them if you just spent the ESO every time. So, for instance, if, um, if you did Kasumi's loyalty mission... You could get a flashbang get flashbang grenades. If you did legions, you could get geth shields. Yeah, and so um, and then uh, who gave you the barrier grunt? Jacob did. Or Jacob. Uh, and I was so mad because I'd forgotten about that because my <laughs> my stupid brain was like, oh, you didn't have it at the beginning. You just have to play the whole game without it. And then I went back and I'd almost gotten all the power ups you can get in the tech lab. And I'm like, oh no. I could have had this for like three quarters of the game because I always do Jacob's loyalty mission super early because I just don't care. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob, again, but I just don't. Um, and he's the one who gets barrier as his power. So I could have had the barrier for basically the entire game and I didn't get it until like right before the IFF mission. So I got the last four missions with it, maybe. So um, what extra power did you end up taking, Kat? I started off with Zaid's flame grenade. Ooh, yeah, that's, oh, that's good. good. That's actually very good. I used that quite a bit. And then um, when I did Jack's loyalty mission, which was my last loyalty mission, I swapped over to warp ammo. Warp ammo is good. Which is and also then, good. And then I gave um, squad warp ammo. Okay. I almost never do that. I give squad. I almost always take the heavies. Yeah, I take heavies. Uh, and then I just give, because almost everyone I took with me had an ammo power. Because, like, Garrus has his armor piercing, and I give him that. He gets tungsten ammo. Yep, tungsten ammo. Um, so I did um, – I actually did barrier uh, until I got Legion. Then and I then switched over to Geth Shield. Um, and then um, I also went to the, um, the Shadow Broker base uh, and basically reset everybody because – they always start off with a at least one tick in their loyalty mission, in right? their power, yeah. and then one in their loyalty, and that usually means that because your squad will get just enough points to max out everything except for one line, and it can have nothing in that line. If you even put one point in that one line, you won't get maxed out on the other lines. So uh, because it takes one point, so there's four slots in each line. And a corresponding number of points, one slot for the first bit, two slots, two points for the second. And then, so when you're, when you do four, so it takes total of 10 and you're going to get, um, an exact number. Is it what, 40, 
squad points Roughly, for, yeah. for each person. So you can max out four lines, but that fifth line can't have anything in it. And because it usually populates one, uh, that's not always the one I want them to have. So when I went to the Shadow Broker base, I spent a bunch of Ezo and went through everybody and made sure that their lines were all decked out to where they could be maxed. So did you do any of that, Kat? I did with Garrus and I think Thane. Yeah, that, that's fair for Thane. I appreciate Thane's powers quite a bit. I took him a lot after I got him. Um, okay, so you you played Soldier. Uh, what were the primary weapons that you used to get through? I used purely the battle rifle. Okay. So the Vindicator? When, yes, the burst. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so um, when you went to the collector ship and you had the choice between the three, you know, getting a sniper rifle or um, getting a superior battle rifle, so you took the, the battle rifle one. I actually messed that up because I didn't know what I was choosing. And I would have liked to chose the battle rifle in hindsight, but at the, at the time, I was just like kind of just I was more worried about the mission than what decision of weapon I was choosing. So I just chose the shotgun, actually. OK, so you ended up with a Claymore. Yeah. OK. So um, how about you? So as a Vanguard, I do not come with the ability to use assault rifles or sniper rifles. Uh, the only upgraded weapon I could get was a Claymore shotgun. And I've been using shotguns quite a bit, too. I used the Eviscerator for a long time until I got the Geth Plasma shotgun. That's a good shotgun. Um, but I every time I play through Mass Effect 2 and 3, when I play Vanguards, I want the Matok rifle. So instead of having the option for the Revenant, I had the option for Assault Rifle or Sniper Rifle training. So I got Assault Rifle training as my upgrade. And then I got the Matok and started wasting people. Yep. So that was my choice there. So I used that a lot, but before I got that, I mentioned that shotgun I used, but I actually used the Phalanx Heavy Pistol quite a bit because uh, it's the best pistol. That's uh, not the grenade pistol in 3, but as aside from that, it is the best pistol. You cannot tell me otherwise. So and obviously my class allowed me to use sniper rifles, and in order to get the Widow upgrade, I picked sniper rifle on so that I could get the widow yeah and um once i got the widow i will say that probably 97 out of every shots i took was with that weapon yeah that's the same thing with me in the mat talk as soon as i get it like as much as i used pistols before then non-existent because you can get up close or stay far away with the mat talk and you don't have to worry about anything um and honestly i kept the thing in my hand even when things got close i just bludgeoned with it <laughs> so it was <clears throat> it was almost always in my hand uh, if i literally ran out of ammunition and had to or actually during the final boss battle against the reaper um it is too slow for the weak points for getting the weak points so i switched i swapped over to a pistol then yeah I always use a pistol or the Matok for the uh, weak points there. So Then I grab a grenade launcher okay, and so, shoot it in the eye. So you use the grenade launcher? Yeah. What what heavy weapon did you use in the final boss battle, Cat? I used the beam. 
I oh, the, I the, almost the took the beam. beam with me. I used the beam yeah. almost solely throughout the whole game. Okay, so I didn't get I didn't get for where I couldn't find it. And I, I after I did the after the collectors took my people, I wanted to get to them so they didn't die. Or I would have looked around for it some more because there is a way that you can get enough heavy weapon ammo upgrades and enough pieces of armor that if you put on all the correct pieces, it gives you plus however much percent to your uh, heavy weapon ammo. There is a way for you to actually acquire 200% when you have the cane. Which basically shoots a little bit, a little nuke. Oh but, yeah, that thing. So that thing is awesome. Um, it's slow, and it, you know you got to make sure that of your target. But it also takes one hundred percent power to activate it a single time. So if you have one hundred and seventy-five percent power, you still can only use it once. And that's what I went in with. But there was, I did a Mass Effect two playthrough before legendary edition where I had everything maxed out and all the right pieces of armor. And I went in there with a 200% cane two shotted the bad guy. That was, huh. I watched that happen. That was a beautiful day. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was pretty awesome. But, uh, this time I took the cane also, I only got the one shot, but then it only took like, I don't know, five shots from the widow after that. And it was done. Yeah. So, all right, so, um, Kat, you're not going to be much use on the next topic, but uh, differences yeah. from the original Mass Effect 2. Um, I, I did see some graphics improvements. Not crazy like it was in Mass Effect well, 1. I, Mass Effect 1 is the what You know they made the Legendary Edition for Mass Effect 1 because if the graphics had been the same in 1 as they were in 2 and 3, the change would not have been nearly as noticeable. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You would almost wouldn't have even needed a remaster because they ported the 360 versions over to the one. And I'm pretty sure they made, did they make Xbox one versions of the original trilogy before the legendary came out? I don't uh, remember. Yes. We'll say I, yes. Sorry well, if we're wrong. Well, you know what? I, we didn't buy them because no, we ported well, ours over. Yeah. But. So I don't think they did actually. Um, I'm, I'm going to say no. Okay. Either way. Uh, but uh, like I talked about earlier, uh, two is the most, I think, of the three games, it's the most polished. So I felt like there was less to notice here. Like, even in three, you notice a bit, because the graphics from two to three, even in the original series, did change a little bit. So you notice it a little bit more in three than you do in two. Some of the lighting stuff, some of the whatever, some of the images with the war in three so far have been really nice, but we'll talk about those more later. Um, but as far as huge differences... Not much. Yeah, I didn't see a ton either. Yeah. I did like the fact that the DLC was so well integrated. Yes. And st it, it was a little clunky when you added it on to... Yeah, because uh, it, it would uh, depend on when you added it into your game, too. Yes, um, but the uh, also doing the... did you Kat, did you do the comic book at the beginning of 2? No. Okay, you just skipped it because it was basically... Yeah. It was literally a replay of what you just finished. I immediately went from 1 to 2. <laughs> So, um, I actually enjoyed that. And that was an add on for mass effect two. Um, and even though I had just completed mass effect one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go through this and see what it's like. And, uh, as I said in the last episode, you could definitely tell 
what decisions they thought were canon because it would lead you up to it like, oh, the council's terrible. Oh, the council did this to you. They, oh, but you saved them. Yeah. You know, and, and obviously probably canon, most people let the council die, whether by uh, indifference or by design, because there were three choices. You could save the council, which was the only way you could save the council. You could concentrate on sovereign, which by default killed the council. Or you could let the council die. (laughs) So, um, anyway, but so obviously two of the three choices allowed the council to die. So, you know, in the comic, they would say, you know, they led you to believe that they were going to, and then, oh, nope, they lived. Uh So, um, but otherwise I thought it was, uh, it was pretty well done. Yeah. Everything was integrated fairly well. And so far with three, they have been too, like the DLC has been. So I've been fairly impressed with that. So, Kat, what did you think about the combat and leveling in Mass Effect 2 versus Mass Effect 1? It was a welcome change. Um, especially with, like, um, abilities. It was a lot less clunky and having to, like, stop and aim than use an ability, like, in 1. This one, you could, like, button map it to Y or the bumpers or whatever. I always miss um, that so much in 1. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite yeah, thing. That, that that was a welcome change because then I found myself using more abilities in the second one than in the first one. The first one I was just purely shoot shoot pew pew because I didn't bother with abilities or anything. Shoot um, shoot bullet bullet gun. <laughs> yeah, and the the cover system was a lot more fluid. Yes, than the first one. Yeah, and that was actually a hoping uh, of mine that I was like, hey, uh, if I had a wish list for changes to Mass Effect One, it would be. Uh, using A to get into and out of cover. But, I knew they weren't yeah, going to, but... Didn't. So, um, okay, so what did you think? Um, I always appreciate, like, we talked about last, because we just started Mass Effect 2 when we did the last episode. Pressing A to get into cover is so much easier. Yep. I missed the button mapping. I use biotic... I Because uh, Vanguards have an ability called Biotic Charge, which allows you to close in on an enemy and basically just, like, body slam them, and then you get to shoot them. And it's a great time. Uh, I used, I mapped that to one of my buttons. I had biotic charge mapped to one, barrier mapped to another, and incendiary ammo mapped to another. And I was wasting fools by the time I got into it. Uh, So combat for me, uh, starting in two, is always infinitely easier. And in three, Mm -hmm. I have been a monster. I am even better than I was in Mass Effect 2. They're Cerberus. They'll send their troops in. As soon as they land on the ground, I'm over there and hitting them hard. They're just, they just can't. So I always map my left bumper to um, Unity, healing the party. Uh, My right bumper is my Geth shield or barrier. Then Y is always my cloak. And then um, my, um, let's see, X and, and B buttons. Um, what do I have those mapped to? Those don't map. Yeah, okay, that's why I, I didn't map them. <laughs> yeah. No, you use X and B you to use map X, the bumpers. X and B to map that's them, but is. they don't yeah, map. that's what it is. Because X is reload so, your weapon um, and B's to hit. So, yeah, I, I fell right into the combat in Mass Effect yeah, 2. It's just so much easier. All right, so um, glitches and gripes. Uh, in comparison to the first game, I had none, uh, or at least none that lasted. So long. you had the Mako glitching. I had the one. Mako glitching a lot, and sometimes I would start walking really weird in the game. And I'm pretty sure again, it's just my Xbox's fault. Uh, I actually did have a glitch in three. 
I, that I will talk about when we do the three episode. But um, I'm apparently I did look it up online. Apparently, I'm not the only one that's going through it. So that one was not just my Xbox. Uh, but two again, so polished. I didn't have any problems with it. Uh, I I had a cut uh, where it was it was just it needed a second to wait and catch up. Like it was I'd been playing for so long, and it's like maybe you should. I needed to like save once, and then I was fine. I and but that that's happened for, to me before in like the original games. It's it wasn't even really a glitch. It was just like hey, I'm a little tired now. I don't know. How about you, cat? Any glitches? Well, I can say I had the same Mako issues in the first one as well. Okay. I listened I listened to the other podcast, and everything you were talking about, I experienced it as well. Oh, wow, I'm not alone. And <laughs> I don't think it's your Xbox, because I'm on the the most recent. I have the Series S. Oh, so, okay. And I was still experiencing problems. Oh, okay. But the second one, the second one, I don't even think I've remembered having a glitch or anything go wrong. It was solid. Yeah. So I didn't really experience glitches in the first one. I did in the second one. Ooh. And uh, so the glitch that I had happen to me the most was um, I would just be playing, and for no reason that I could figure, my Xbox Live would just disconnect. And so oh. without saving, so then I had to go back oh. to my most recent save point. And if I had been playing for two hours, man, there <laughs> So not sometimes it it doesn't auto save for you, but you know if I had just been say scanning planets for oh. two hours and then all of a sudden this uh, I there were a couple of times I about threw my controller. So um, you know um, your mom's been wanting a new TV anyway, and she almost got one. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, that, so that happened to me several times. Also. In kills, uh, and I don't know if this is just because of the the way that I was killing people or whatever, if I shot someone and they fell, all of a sudden it looked like a digital glacier was sitting where they were instead of, you know, what you should normally see, the body on the ground and the, you know, the background. And that happened several times. Um, I Actually, you know what? You're right, because, like, that, like, save... Thing that I was talking, it was it was less to do with like because sometimes I would body slam people so hard they would like disappear into the wall by accident, and then it would say I still had an enemy somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that caused my loading to sometimes, but that only happened like twice because it got to the point. I would think that actually I think they both happened on Miranda's loyalty mission. So I guess technically. I did have that happen, and that was why the loading got funky. So the the person would still be, or the the character that I killed would still be dead, but all of a sudden, instead of their body, it w- it looked like a glacier of digital imaging. <laughs> so right, it's kind of small. It wasn't. Yeah. And then it would go away. I did have two instances where um, I had shot someone, and they were still standing there with their gun. Yeah. And then I shot them again, and they still stood there with their gun and I'm like, Hmm. But then after I would go to another area, they would die. So, um, yeah, that was, that was really all I ran into and it happened pretty infrequently. Um, I do want to, I do want to, uh, ask this question though. It's not on our, it's not on our list. Cat, how much exploring did you do? How much, uh, planet, uh, you know, gathering resources and all that. We had, I was about 
losing my mind. That's one gripe I have about two is scanning planets. Yeah, it gets pretty old, huh? <clears throat> yeah, and I I would pretty much go to either poor or depleted on some of the planets. If I was really lazy and I really didn't care, I would leave it at moderate. But towards the end, I think I had over 100,000 in every category except Ezo. Okay. How about you? So I'm not nearly. I get enough to get all the... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go on. What? Kat, did you you scan in the soul system? I did, yes. Did you scan all the planets in the soul system? Yes. Was that funny or what? (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) So the the joke that we're referring to is uh, when you scan Uranus, um, uh-huh. it, because every time you launch a probe, it'll say "probe away" or "launching, you know, probe. launching probe," and then oh when gosh, you scan yes. Uranus, it's like "really, Commander," <laughs> <laughs> and then you do it again, and it's like "probing, probing Uranus." Uranus. <laughs> Uh, so that was a neat little Easter egg they put in. So, so yes. Aside from the joke that I was absolutely going to make. Okay, go ahead. Um, I I get a, enough minerals to get the upgrades that I try. To, I do try to get all the upgrades except for the med bay upgrade because I again I I rarely need it when when I do. Obviously, I get it too if I play Renegade. But uh, I I only ever get enough to do that. And honestly. If, if I'm in a system, I will still, like, click on all the planets so I technically say it's explored. But once I get to a certain point when I really don't... I stop scanning the gas giants because, aside from a couple, they are only ever moderate or lower. Yeah. So I stop scanning them entirely. I just go to the terrestrial planets and get them for resources. And then I click on the gas giant and it's like, yeah, you've technically explored it. And then I leave. The smaller and smoother a planet looks... The closer to the sun it is, yeah, the, is usually the richer better. it usually is. Um, okay, so always before, I kind of did the same thing. I I didn't even care about getting, you know, 100% of the planets visited. Uh, although I missed out on a few side missions that way. Yeah, and I, I know I missed out on a few side missions because I don't, but so I this, did get a few. This has been the most complete playthrough of Mass Effect 2 I have ever done. Because not only did I visit every single planet in every single system, I also scanned them down to poor or depleted every single one of them. And if they started yeah. out poor or depleted, I still dropped one probe on them. <laughs> this is my probe now. So, uh, yeah, every single planet. And I did all of the side missions. So, um, and there were a couple I had never seen before. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a few I've never seen because I just don't feel like going through all the systems and doing it. You almost have to in three, but again, we'll talk about that when we do our three episodes. I ended up with over a hundred thousand ESO and I ended up with like in the, I don't know, it was like 70,000 or 700,000s of everything else. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, this, this is the most, uh, complete playthrough I've, that I've ever done. Certainly with the scanning. But I will say that when I play back through again with Male Shepherd, and I am going to minimalize. I may visit every planet just to see if there's an anomaly, so that I can do the side missions. But I'm not. I'm only going to scan what I need for resources. Yeah, it's it's so time consuming. Yeah. So um, yeah, I agree. That was the the worst part of it. So um, all right. So anything else, Cat, to add to the conversation? Um, it's not on here but it's kind of like a question slash a gripe yeah um i hated 
the Citadel and ME2. Really? Okay. I, I didn't I, like it as well as the Citadel not, and ME1. It's either. not near as good as the first game. I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah, the first one was awesome, and I enjoyed it. I hated the layout of the second one. And probably my favorite is the third. Third is very I like the third, third as, is a as well. lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it, I think that it took the best components of the first one and the second one. Oh, I found another little um, uh, verbal Easter egg with uh, Kasumi on the Citadel. Did you take her to the ramen joint? I took her to the ramen joint. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I so that that's one thing that uh, Prologue and I have always had a running joke about is that Shepard literally lives through three Mass Effect games, Reaper Invasions, Death of Sarah, and all that sort of thing, and all he has is booze and one bite of Asari gumbo. And the energy of the universe. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> He never eats. He's space Jesus. And I want ramen. Oh. <laughs> there was a ramen shop and no way to eat ramen. So, um, And you almost get eat that sushi restaurant and then people attack it. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that would have been another favorite. Disappointing. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, uh, the first Citadel was good. The second was crap. And the third one kind of married what was good about the second one and kind of the open-worldy of the first one. Yeah. I so. enjoyed some of the missions you did in the second second game Citadel, but aside from that, it was the ward layout was weird for yeah, me. Yeah, it was. And the Presidium you could only be in Anderson's office and that was kind of lame. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like it near as much either. So, <laughs> no, you're not alone there. Yeah, I was just super confused, and it's like, go here, it's on this level, and I'm just like, I don't even know where I'm going. I would just run around until something popped up. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, and also, you like you go to the the gaming place, you can't buy a game. You go to the you go to the ship dealer, you can't oh, buy a yep. ship. Yep. <laughs> what the hell is this even here for? I'm Commander Shepard, and this is not my favorite store on the Citadel. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, how many shops did you have with your uh, with your slogan on there? I think I did one, just because I had the option and it was my first one. But then after that, I, I saw it came up again, and I'm just like, oh, it's just getting discounts. <laughs> and so, I, I think that's where most of my renegade came from, was just denying people my slogan. <laughs> Uh, nice. I only had one with the slogan on it this this go around. Was also. it the Saronis applications, dude? The Solarian? Uh, no, it was the the hunting outfit. Oh, okay, yeah. I know. Uh, Shepherd in my store. <laughs> He's so excited to see you. Yeah. yeah. No, I gave it to all of them at last because uh, I I wanted to have all the discounts. I did, I wanted my fish to cost less. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I needed my fish to cost less. I bought them three times. So, um, anything else, Kat? No, that that's about it. How about you? I'm I'm all good. I'll have a lot to talk about with three, but for this game, I'm pretty okay. Okay, well, I don't really have um, anything else going either, other than to say, hey, Kat, appreciate you coming on and giving us a first-timer's perspective of our favorite video game ever. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast so um if you if you have time when we're uh when we get to set to record the third one you have to come on for that one too sure all right i'd love to so um 
that's all for me. Until next time, I am the past. And I'm the prologue. And we will see you all later. Talk to you next time.